Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. This is Marshall Fant. Welcome back to GFA's podcast and YouTube channel on ReChurch. Got two special guests, two special friends of mine uh, for this episode, and actually we're going to do two. So we're going to do this podcast and a podcast that segues into this about really just reaching your community, engaging your community, and then really engaging the guests that God sends into your church. So let me ask our listeners a question. When we think of the city, what comes to mind? Only one, New York City. So Tim Richmond, welcome. Yeah. So Tim, tell a little bit about your hey. background, how long you've been in, in New York City and your church's name. All right, with Grace Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I planted about 13 years ago. I've been here three years before that. So I did about 2014. Wow. Was a youth pastor with Jim Bickle there at Bethel Baptist Fellowship. And then uh, they worked with us, the mother-daughter church plant. And GFA uh, church planning uh, program funded that and helped organize that as well. Um, that was probably 13 years ago, 14 years ago this fall. Right. So uh, been right wow. in the middle of Queens that amount of time. Uh, would love to chat more yeah. about that, but hey, that, that's where we are. Yeah. That's where we are, the mix of the nations. Great. Uh, so, Tim, I forgot, uh, married, I know you have, what, five children, is that right? Five children, my wife, Sarah, and then three girls and two boys. Think about that. You got to get it right now. 17, 17 to six. Wow. Great. All right, Andrew, uh, how long have you been with uh, Pastor Richmond? This summer would be seven years that we just finished uh, serving here at Grace and Forest Hills. All right. So you're at least a third generation pastor. Is that fair? I believe so. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, Third generation. Again, um, you know, Andrew's mom and dad minister at Grace Baptist Church in Highland Falls, New York, which is right outside West Point. And I really thank your folks. They reached out to my son and then another uh, young man from our church while they were at West Point. So a uh, shout out to the Snavely family and uh, all y'all have done there. So thanks. Okay. So the topic of this podcast, several things I wanted to, I wanted the next generation to speak into this. So Andrew, while I got you up, how old are you, Andrew? I'm uh, 34. And Tim? 44. Okay, good. We got, so I'm in my 60s, so we got 44 and, and then 24. And so, did you say 24 or 34, Andrew? 34. 34. <laughs> I say you didn't I look, look 24. 24. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> All right, so first we want to really talk about, you know, uh, one way you could title this is 21st Century Effective Evangelism. Okay, and when I talked to Tim and Andrew about this topic, I love the way they worded it uh, because I think evangelism is one thing, effective evangelism is something else. And one of the things they brought up is first, you got to understand your community. So, how do you engage your community? And so, I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Richmond uh, just to talk to us a little bit about some, you know, so my Tim, I want you to frame this in the context that of someone that is burdened for their community, they haven't done it. Okay, so Tim and Andrew, Tim, where do they start? Okay, what's the starting point mm. of engaging the community? 
Okay. Well, I, I love our community, so it's hard to put myself into a different community, but, uh, but I guess you need to do that. And, and, um, where, uh, when Andrew and I were talking about this, we, we wanted to be sure to start with, uh, uh, the, uh, the foundation of, of this is a spiritual thing. Right. So, so we need to make sure that, that, uh, that we start with the Lord mm-hmm. and, uh, prayer and asking the church to get behind that element of this. It's so exciting. I think when we, when we consider asking our church to get behind the prayer side of this, like the thing we're doing right now is uh, seven lost souls. And so maybe was it two months ago, Pastor Andrew, we, we encouraged our people to start praying for seven lost souls by the end of the year. It was seven months away from the end of the year. And you may say, well, why not 70,000 or so? Okay. So we could pray for everybody and we do, but we're just like, let's be specific about this. But that gets our, our people on board with thinking that way, with praying that way. And, and I do, as we see the Lord work, like we're seeing it's answering to prayer. So, so like before we get, I, and we'll get some great, you know, talk about ideas, but I just feel like as we see the Lord answer these prayers, it's more, particular and you're almost stepping out when you do that too you're saying okay everybody's engaged in prayer we're praying for this number and and it's it's a little uh you're you're putting yourself out right well what if that doesn't happen you know we 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 do we pray and we go forward and and ask the lord to do it uh and and not worry about it not happening because we pray in faith and you know Um, so that would be one big idea to really step into uh recognizing god's spirit's going to do this and so asking him to yeah and i agree with you wholeheartedly in other words in in the world i'm in of, of helping church review where they are and where they need to go uh, i think it starts with this and and i tell a church you pray and prepare you pray and prepare but if you're unwilling to pray don't prepare because unless mm. the spirit is is moving and god is working and we're before our face you know, so let me ask this, uh, you and, and, and Pastor Andrew just chime in anywhere. So what are some ways, what are some effective ways that you have challenged your people to teach them how to pray or to engage them in prayer? So just, if you just take a couple of minutes and one of y'all, Andrew, if you want to talk through that, uh, how would you tell a church this? Well, really, I'm just going to repeat something Pastor Tim has said all the time. All right. Uh, and that is, there are things that the spirit of God does that we cannot do. Amen. John 16 convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And so we outline, and, and like he said, we'll get into some of the details, right. ideas God has given us for our specific community. But Pastor Tim often says there are things that only God can do. And so let's pray for him to do what he can do. All right, so what you're saying, uh, and I agree, you're praying by faith. I mean, you're, you're, it's not name and claim it. You're taking God's promises. Uh, you're addressed. God's put you right where he has for a reason, right? And so let's pray. To build his church. Yeah. Yeah. He has not returned yet. He's still in the business of building his church. That's that's kind of ground level. And Amen. then um, the one passage that Tim often references is Jesus coming off the Mount of Transfiguration. They see the the man whose son is demon possessed. This kind this kind cannot come out but by prayer, prayer and fasting. Why not? Let's do fasting too. But but it's there are things that God will not do until we pray. Exactly. There are things that God will not do until we pray. And Tim often emphasizes that to our people. Okay, Tim, you want to pick up on that? Oh yeah, I, that that's that is. In fact, I thought I had a license plate. I don't know where that is. Oh, it's over there. I uh, license plate that uh, that quotes that because the Lord just uh, ingrained that in, in my mind through through 
and all of us as pastors believe that, but it's good to remind our people. Another thing I learned in prayer from Bob Potter is to pray three categories, and this would go with both of these settings. He said, uh, pray for people in your community that are in false churches to leave those churches and join you. Uh, pray for people in your community that are searching mm-hmm. uh, for a church, uh, Bible-driven people. And then pray for people that God is working on, uh, drawing, convicting. And what's really cool, since we started praying for those three things as a church, we see that regularly. Amen. And I have to believe it was an answer to prayer. And, and so, uh, of course, we got to be on the on the street, too. We got to mm-hmm. be meeting people. But we got to start there. It's it's and it's exciting. Like the stories you hear, you're just like, God did that. All right. Like uh, we just baptized the guy Sunday, who um, who got saved by downloading a Bible app in our community and started reading the Bible. By the time he got to First Samuel, he became a Christian. <laughs> no other influences in his life. Yeah. And I have to believe that that shows the glory of God in people Amen. calling out in their community for people to be saved. Cause that wasn't our ideas. Sure. <laughs> Nothing that we did other than ask God. And, and so uh, those kind of things God's doing, but he's waiting till we pray. I think he does wait till we pray with some of these things. Yeah. Um, so, and shame on us for not doing more of that. All right. So two quick comments. Bob Potter, of course, is now with the Lord. He for those who are not familiar, he was a pastor in, right outside Cleveland and mentor Ohio for years. Grace church and mentor his son, Tim now pas- uh, pastors of church and Pastor Potter had a great influence throughout many churches, and so I just wanted you know so everybody will know who he is. And uh, so, is there anything else? Right, so we're going to start with prayer, and as we pray, so just a couple of questions: Do you have a specific time of the week you do this as a church? Do they do it as a church and individuals? So how how is your church? How are y'all doing that? The outreach side of it. Oh no! Just or praying. The side yeah. Of it. Are they praying? Are you praying? Okay. As are you doing this as a church together? Are people doing it individually? Both? Um, are you do it during the Sunday morning service as part of that? So how are you integrating this prayer into? Because I know you do it all you do. Okay. So just briefly yeah. touch on that, and then we'll we'll go through how to know our communities. Andrew, you want to take that or? Yeah, I mean, we have uh, the weekly prayer meetings on Wednesdays, and using that that prayer meeting, we have a prayer meeting sheet, okay, double sided. One side is kind of just the current requests, health concerns, spiritual right. concerns, missionaries are praying for. The back side is is uh, our prayer priorities and five things that we emphasize all the time. All right, there you go. Don't quiz me on those five. That's all right. <laughs> no. I, it's all five, but one of them is praying for our church to grow numerically. Right. And it just lists those three categories. So we reference that every week. Right. Uh, pastor Tim will often pray that publicly in our, uh, his pastoral prayer on Sundays. Good. And then in, even in our, our gathered prayer times, we emphasize, thank you, Lord, that we can pray together. Thank you that we can keep praying tomorrow individually. And our people are willing to do that as well. All right. So what I want to point out, everything you're doing is intentional. It's biblical and intentional. You're keeping prayer at the forefront of what you're doing. And you do that because the next thing we're going to talk about is the evangelism. And I think, uh, Tim, you or Andrew pick up on it. So you distinguish between mass evangelism and the relationship evangelism. So um, tell us how you distinguish between the two and how you define those two. Mass evangelism versus relationship evangelism. And and maybe as a quick segue, I'll I'll, uh, share another idea. I can't remember who shared this with me, or maybe this was just Pastor Andrew and I. 
Um, but on Lord's Table Sundays, we'll pray individuals, names mm. that we want to see participating in the Lord's Table next month. Oh. Um, and and so that takes this idea and starts praying by name. Of course, we're praying for people's names individually, but it really is special when you're praying that they'll be worshiping together with you in that way. Then, then that builds on this idea of relationship evangelism as well. And maybe I'll let Pastor Andrew kind of give that explanation. But uh, recently, I, I remember looking back and, and seeing one of the men we had prayed for, uh, a lady's husband. And, and like we're saying, who do you want to pray for? What names are we going to pray for? And there's one of our names. Yeah. And it was, it was hard not to break down because, you know, we're praying for sure. this guy and now he's here. Um, it was just uh, really special, you know, and, and so, so that's just another practical way that we're putting forefront in, in prayer and expecting these things to be answered as we talk to the Lord. All right. But there is that dichotomy yeah, yeah. between individual relationships and we could say, yeah, corporate outreach or some people say event based evangelism. Right. Um, yeah. So so there's those two ideas. All right. So who will, and uh, we'll just, Tim uses the illustration of, um, um, you know, you sow the seed, that's a big field. Right. So we're just, we're just going to cast the seed as much as we can, wherever we can. Our context is Queens, specifically central Queens. There's a lot of people around us. It's <laughs> a lot of people who need to hear the gospel. And so we really pray for wisdom to think how we can get the gospel to everybody. Everybody needs to hear. No one in our community should should leave the community or die without having heard the gospel message from our church. We're a lighthouse to everybody. So you throw the seed, just like the farmer does in the parable of the soils. Yep. You just throw it everywhere. Right. And that's uh, and the field. Can, that's the field. That's the field. Okay. Yep, the field, and that's kind of mass evangelism. Yep. So think, how do we as a church, right. whether online or mailings or door-to-door, whatever fits the context of that community, that's the, the field. And the flip side, you have these potted plants, a few people that God has put in my life that I'm developing relationships with. And you just sort of think through the categories, right? The neighbors, the friends, the coworkers, um, and and where we are, we're rubbing shoulders with people all the time. And you, you go visit the same cafe, you go to the same park, you really start to develop relationships in the smaller community feel uh, around where we live. So those are the potted plants, and we're really praying for those people on an individual level. And as you pray, but you also have to develop, you have to put it out there, put yourself out there a little bit to develop those relationships. Again, that's an act of faith. That's an act of faith. But if we're praying and God opens our eyes to those that need relationships is where we go. All right. So field potted plants. And then as, as we think about that, you have to know your community. I mean, you have to know, I mean, I know, you know, Queens, New York, but you really have to know where God has placed you. And I know y'all are aware of that and you've done some research on that. Uh, so how do you, how do you even know the spiritual needs of your community? And either one of you pick that up and run with it. So, uh, you know, and we know Acts 1-8, we start at Jerusalem. So let's just call Queens your Jerusalem or your neighborhood in Queens your Jerusalem. And so one of y'all pick up and run with, how do you, how do you know the, the perceived spiritual needs of your community? Andrew, you want to run with that? I, I just, let me just say, I love being here. It's so interesting uh, and I'm trying to think through people in their community and, and what what you would do differently. But but here it is so like I'm just reading uh, GFA does this so well. That's why I like it's why are we talking about this? Um, this is the whole idea of international missions. Right. Yeah. This is where they live and breathe. I'm reading Chris Seawright's book, contextualizing the gospel for a South Asian right. Buddhist 
uh, you know, community, like, so it's so particular, but what's, what's interesting here is in Queens, we almost have that with all the communities of the world mm. because that's where we are. And, and so, uh, pastor Andrew's neighborhood is different than mine and mine is different than the church. And just like half of like, these are half a mile in between and all of these communities are so different. Um, and, and so it's, you, you do need to know your specific community. And that's so big in Queens. It's such a, and I'll just give a commercial for New York city. It's such a really beautiful place to minister because you get to all these mission fields, all these uh, beautiful people, all these beautiful foods and, and you mix them together. It's a little taste of heaven. And, uh, and we get to, you know, get in and out of each one of these. Um, I, I, I feel like it does change the way we look at our community and the way we see the perceived needs. I, I think of the idea of fallen condition focus. And I, I know Pastor Andrew meant, put a note here, you know, understanding the needs, like the spiritual needs of each uh, community. Right. And, and as we, we see the fall, you know, we see that it's the same in every community, though it looks a little different. Uh, I don't know if you want to take that a little more, Pastor Andrew. Yeah, I mean, well, I know, like, when Tim was starting the ministry, you were looking, doing demographic studies, trying to see what zip codes in the city needed a church. Uh, and so, hey, here's the location, uh, 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 a center point, um, and where our church is, is kind of surrounded by these variety of different right. ethnic communities. So it's a true melting pot. Um, so, I mean, on the one hand, you could do, like, the, you know, uh, bird's eye view, people in this culture, what do they believe? What do they think? And you, you read books and do studies and in worldview analyses and things. Oftentimes it's just relationships. Yeah. We get to know people from all these different communities. We get a sense of how they think, what they're concerned about. Um, and, and maybe this has just been a point that's really st- stood out to me during this COVID time. People there, they're, we're all living in a sin cursed world. And if someone's not a believer, they really sense the brokenness and the right. confusion and the sin bondage. Yeah. And there's a sense that something isn't right. And so uh, in every society, every community, they're trying to fix it some way, whether it's through the religion of, of their family, whether in more of a secular society, some many people around us are just more secular. It's going to be the money. It's going to be the power. It's going to be something that we're going to try to find to fix the problem. And so this helps us as we get to really understand uh, what the people in our community are thinking, what they're believing, what they're trusting in as a false gospel. Then that's where we're really going to try to address them and inter- interact with them, and intersect with them in right. our outreach so, efforts. All right, so okay. right, there you go. All right. So this is where yeah. it bleeds into the next point I want to talk about. Yeah. So, you know, then you got to go where they are. I mean, then, I mean, once you, you've prayed, you've prepared, you know, the perceived spiritual needs, uh, you're equipped, you're prayed up, but you, you get, so what are some ways in, in your Jerusalem that you have found to get to where people are either, you know, comment either in person comment, um, either, uh, on the internet, but what, what specifics and be as, give me illustrations, examples as specific as possible on meeting people, how you take the, this message to them. I think a really helpful way is, is parks. Like you really know the community. In fact, I tell people before you move to a place, go to the park and you'll know who lives there. That's especially true here, but I'm guessing that that goes elsewhere. And 
Uh, maybe I'll ask Andrew just to share what they've been doing in their park, and, and the Lord's really blessed that. Brother, why don't you share that? Well, I just the Lord has given us kids, and we live close to a park. <laughs> so you, you, kids are a conversation starters. Yeah, That's where we are. Kids and dogs. It's crazy. It is. Um, yeah. People in New York City are stressed out, so they either smoke or they run or they have a dog. Like, one of the three. But those are the kids or have dogs. They, they just go to the park, and you just instantly eventually start to talk. My wife has had many, many conversations with other moms. And, um, you know, again, the period of time where we are, there's a lot of, a lot of questions that people have. They're very unsettled and they're wanting to share their ideas and just interact with other people. And, and so my wife has just formed amazing numbers of friendships with other ladies, other young moms. They don't have any other people to reach out to. And, um, you know, you want to stay connected with these families. And so we've been doing at least over the summertime, almost every Friday night, but many Friday nights, we would just do an outside picnic at the local park. There's a green wow. space, yeah. big field where we're, we're you know, bring a card table, some food. And, and it's not a place where people are running around all the time, but it's just a place where it's outside, which is a big deal for people here. It's not as enclosed. And we just tell people, Hey, and she'll just text these three friends. Hey, come to a a picnic dinner outside. And we just cross paths and we continue developing relationships. The parks are big. Um, I know pastor Tim has spent a lot of time just thinking through how we reach people online in our community, even, you know, targeting the different search ads or YouTube. Maybe you can speak to that, Tim. Yeah. So, so we're looking at these two big ideas, event-based or friendship-based, relationship-based. And I, I would say it's important not to do either or. I would say do as much as you can sure. of both as Amen. a church. Yes. Like yes. why pick, why pick? Like, and I realize the event base is now coming out of vogue, at least uh, in, in guys I talk to. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I understand it. Previous generations have not done the relationships and friendships. And so shame on us. We right. need to be doing that. Exactly. Uh, if you're going to pick either one, you got to do the relationships. But like sometimes have an event where you're reaching out is good for your people. Absolutely. Right? Then you're not turning your worship service into a, an evangelistic campaign. You're providing opportunities for your people to invite friends sure. uh, to share the gospel. So any, anyway, so so more of the uh, event-based or like blasting the Internet. I, I, I think Internet is – for me, the question is this. Where do people get messages in your community? And, and that helps me just think, what's a normal way for someone to share a message? And so for you, it might be the local fair – if you have 500 people in your, in your whole County, you know, and, and so like those you know, friends that are doing that and praise God, you know, where do you normally share the message in those communities? In our community, people set up tables, banks set up tables and talk to people on the street. Um, everybody uses the internet. And, and so like, you have to have an internet presence asking God to use it. Um, but I, I started a YouTube channel to, target specific areas. And so I'll do a video in a specific area. I'll tag that location and I'll share the gospel from that location um, just to hit people in that area. All right. So uh, can you stop the right there a minute? All right. So you're doing this, are you just using your phone to record this? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Just, so what I'm saying, it doesn't have phone. to be super complicated. No. Yeah. And I think YouTube likes that people like yeah. it. They like it raw and yeah. You drop the phone, you keep it in, um, those kind of things. They, they appreciate that all this, yeah. like we were saying earlier, this is real. This isn't stage. Um, and and I'm, I'm not good at that, so I'm learning. 
I, I usually do type it ahead of time, but when I get there, yeah, throw it out the window and see what happens. Um, but where do people share, right, transmit messages in your community? And that's different in every community, but that's a good question to ask for what's acceptable. Sure. Uh, I, in our community, we don't have a lot of people just getting up and screaming messages. Mm. Now, the guy across does, he does talk about shots. Uh, they're at the billiard parlor. Uh, so, so that's the only message that's done that way or someone who's crazy and yelling at people. So, so like street peaching is not necessarily the, the way we communicate messages anymore, though, though okay. Paul did that right. in that day because that was normal, the sure. town crier. So, uh, I'm not getting on people for that. But to be honest, like YouTube, these are the community square now. This is where you street preach. It is by sharing the gospel yeah, on the street in front of a camera so people there hear it, but also you tag that and people in that community will will listen to that. So um, also Google ads, if if you don't have uh, Google advertising set up, it's it's super easy and, and you can pinpoint just a mile yeah, or two sure. where you are visiting everybody in your community um, just like door to door. You know, we need to be doing both of those. Uh, but if you're choosing one, you've got to be doing the Internet. Yeah. Uh, and, and then hopefully the door as well. All right, so I, I could keep going. No, I know you could. And this is, really, you know, yeah. uh, so as you're doing this and you're also so as you reach in the community, you, you, you've also been you mentioned you're preparing your church. So, um you know, with evangelistic services or positive community presence off-site, I mean, you're, you're doing something to prepare your church as you're interacting with the community because if you just interact in the community and you don't prepare the church, of course, you're praying. You're starting praying, right? And then you're going out and doing these things, whether in person in the park or on social media, and hopefully both. But then, uh, Tim and Andrew, just talk a little bit about how you're preparing the church uh, and we'll kind of wrap up this podcast with this, where, you know, your note to me was you want to develop a culture where this is normal. Okay, so I want, I want you to run with that phrase. So what what would you say, uh, Andrew, I'll, I'll start with you. So what would you say is the normal culture you're shooting for um, as as you, you're helping Pastor Richmond there? So what would be the normal culture you're shooting for it's your church. I guess, again, our community is very transient. Right. People are often, a lot of people are moving out, but we'll always have people moving in. If ever, if, you know, a lot of people move out, there are a lot more people who are still here. Okay. So in our setting, it's very common to have visitors. Uh, and so we want our people prepared for that. I know that that'll probably be the next podcast. Yeah, we're going we're gonna, to we'll segue in the next podcast. Yeah, but um, I think one thing I'll mention is where we are, kind of the fair idea, but we have a street fair. So twice a year at our local downtown, our local community, they shut the street down and everybody kind of pays for a booth as an art fair or something else. And then we'll have um, a chance to connect with people walking past. Um, In terms of our our outreach, I'll just go back to that if I can really quickly. Yeah, sure. So there's uh, a lot of times people will pass out tracts with a full gospel presentation in it. What we have found that here in our society, in our, our context, you have so many different worldviews and religious backgrounds 
that to give a full, clear, complete gospel message and attract is almost impossible for everybody. We, we do, we give a skeleton, but often what we do is we see an invitation as a, it's a conversation starter. So usually our tracks are invitations to something else come to a, I know before we came, Tim did a class, Christianity 101, yeah. come to a class about Christianity, um, sign up here for a Bible study if you're interested in this. And we'll really try to uh, tailor these events or a street fair display for that particular season to match the needs of the community. So, um, you know, over, over COVID we had, are you well, uh-huh. we'll just have, uh, that's a starter question. People grab it, read it, and they realize I need to be spiritually well also. Um, Tim is in a bunch. Um, are you tired of bad news? This is maybe a year or two ago. We just try to have fresh updated, um, literature that we're passing out short four by six card that invites people to a longer conversation. Got it. Um, and that, that's kind of the, the broader appeal too. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Tim. This, this Sunday is, uh, uh, it's all an art theme. Um, uh, who is the most creative? So we have four of our art people that, uh, did paintings that represent a scene from the Bible that you couldn't guess completely because, because some were a little abstract. Um, anyway, we're, we're wanting people to think who's your creator. And that segues into a booklet that Andrew wrote. That's evangelistic about the Christian worldview that goes through Genesis one through 11. And so that, that big event is to establish a relationship and having our people there um, that will probably flesh out in the local diner which is, you know, over the next, throughout October, right. uh, which is one of the, the best spots we've had for seeing people come to Christ, huh. is these these Bible studies uh, in a local diner with people that they go beyond just one sitting. Sure. Okay, so you're praying, and you have a plan, and you're seeing God work, you're a- interacting with the community, you're developing a culture in your church. Anything else? I think that's where I kind of left off. So the, and we probably need to wrap this one up. So the culture, the normal culture, Pastor Richmond, you're desiring is to see people, um, both use both event-based evangelism as well as you have equipped them for the personal, um, disciple making as well. Is that fair? Cause I mean, I know we'll get into yeah. the materials you've written to equip saints in our next podcast. Anything else you yeah. want to say on that? Yeah, no, I, I think like the, the big idea lately, since that we were praying for seven lost souls, right. we have seven different uh, means that they can use, of which the first one was relationships. Okay. And we're saying you need to have seven potted plants that you're watering, that you're growing. You know, who are the names of those seven people that, that you, you know, we want the seven lost souls to be represented by one of your potted plants. And, and so, right. So this is, all, and, and then, the big goal, I have come far short of this, but was was to get these these uh, seventy thousand in our community, you know, covering the ground. Um, but we're we're way far short on that. But we still have months to go. But but really asking our people to be involved in this and giving them options. Not everybody's going to want to go person to person, but everybody can make a friend. Um, some of them were more social media. You know, this person may not come to the street fair and talk to people, but they can share a verse on on Facebook, you know. Um, so so asking our people, engaging them in, in those ways, communicating it, praying and then then just watching the Lord answer prayer. Uh, I think that that does give an expectation that we're not just sitting here. Um, and but I think, you know, the Lord, it just goes back to Carrie, right? 
it, God uses means. We need to be the means. Uh, he sovereignly works through means. Uh, so we need to be moving forward in, in providing those means and being the means that he chooses. Yeah, and let me just say this as we wrap it up. What I, what I love about the way you're, you're teaching this and modeling it is that it's attainable. When you say pray for seven, okay, all of us can start praying for seven. And I love the picture of a potted plant, okay? So really what, what I think is so valuable about your philosophy of effective evangelism is it, it, that everyone can do this. You're not talking, I mean, don't make, okay, seven, praying for seven friends is fully attainable by everybody in the church. And so I just want to say thank you for making it, you know, simple. You know, I think our Lord communicated. I mean, we know there were mysteries involved. But I think when Christ, he gave people hope by, by talking in, in, on their terms where they could be a disciple. Make, you know, follow me and I'll make you what? Fishers, Fishers of men. Yeah. And that was a term everyone could understand, especially his disciples that were following him. So I just see you and Andrew, I think God's equipped you with a way to make this uh, where, where people can understand biblically where you're trying to go. So I just say thank you for your ministries. And, and, and as we've talked about, you know, this, this idea of, of really uh, of, of engaging a community, is, I want to follow it up with, okay, in our next podcast, engaging the guest that God started with prayer and as you're praying for those seven and they start coming to church. So how do you then engage the guests? So I want to ask our, our listeners to uh, stay tuned for our next podcast. But for this one, uh, Pastor Tim Richmond, Pastor Andrew Snavely, thank you so much. Uh, for for being with us. And GFA Missions, thanks for all your labor and all those on the staff for putting this together and making this possible. So guys, thanks, and we'll see you again on the next podcast. Thank you. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org slash consulting.